Well, I, I totally believe in everything <laughs> you're saying. It's, I, I love all of this. Have you seen the jam board before? That's our jam board oh, you, over there. You've got a jam board? Mm, I know, I know. <laughs> Swanky. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the EdTech Podcast and this series episode of the RockTech Podcast, Learning Continued, which seeks to explore the intersection of adult learning and tech. My name is Sophie Bailey and you can follow online at hashtag Podcast and at Podcast EdTech and UFI Trust on Twitter. Yay! Apologies for the slight hiatus. It's been half term in the UK, which means fossil hunting and learning how to play chess with our five-year-old. How are you this week? What are you working on and what's exciting you to stave off the COVID-19 doom? Let us know by recording a listener voicemail for sharing on the podcast by going to speakpipe.com forward slash the EdTech podcast. Here's a quick message from the team at the Wise Accelerator who got in touch to let you know they are now open for new cohort member entries. Here's Victoria to explain more. As part of our work with Qatar Foundation, the Wise Accelerator provides edtech founders with an opportunity to build and scale innovative solutions that positively impact the world of learning. We've now opened our 2020 call for applications and are looking for entrepreneurs with a unique solution within edtech. Have you created something that could potentially change the way that we teach? Or perhaps you're looking at how to redesign experiences within the classroom? If so, why not apply? Founders admitted into this one-year program will develop their ventures with the support of our global community made up of entrepreneurs, investors, and education leaders. We provide mentorship with edtech experts as well as participation in our WISE events, each a platform to meet our network of potential partners and investors from across the world of education and education technology. The deadline for applications is April 20th at 4pm GMT. For more information, please visit our website at www.wise-qatar.org. What else? Our friends at UFI VocTech Trust are also seeking feedback for their VocTech Essentials project, which aims to help make sense of the sea of digital tools, platforms and resources available to support learning and teaching by creating an online reference marketplace for those working in vocational learning. If you have some thoughts on such a project, head on over to ufi.co.uk forward slash voctech-essentials. For more news and event items, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter and check out the Caught Our Ear section of each mail. Right, on to this week's episode. First up, our intrepid Further Education podcast whiz Ian Hurd is out chatting to sector colleagues at Bridgend College. A bit of background. Bridgend College is a further education college based in Bridgend, Wales in the UK and is the 2019 TES FE College of the Year. Founded in 1928 as the Bridgend Mining and Technical Institute, the college today has four campuses. The college is the Times Top 100 Best Not-for-Profit Organisations to Work For in 2020 and this year kicks off a pilot scheme from September that will form a new qualification in cybersecurity designed to create routes into tech careers for a new generation of digital learners. 
Yesterday, I saw a thought-provoking tweet from Chris Baird of the UFI Voctech Trust, which was quoting from proceedings at the All-Parliamentary Party Group on Digital Skills. It read, How can we be an innovation and economic powerhouse if around a third of the country aren't even at the digital starting line? This chat with Bridge End College is all about getting on that digital starting line and beyond. Leaving Wales, our second chat in this week's episode is with the team at How Do I? Tarol and Tom talk to us about accessibility, instruction and learning technology in the workplace as we throw back to an interview from the tail end of last year. Enjoy! Claire George. And what's your role here? So at Bridgend College, um, I'm an innovation superhero. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> what is your superhero well, ability? Everything around anything and everything digital. Okay. So I've been in education for the last 28 years. So I was a computer science teacher for the last 28 years. And um, the last sort of 18 months, I've got a, a dual role here at Bridgend College, promoting and supporting the new digital space, looking at a new curriculum, which responds to industry needs and to make sure that our learners are fully engaged with everything that technology has got in store for them. And That's then, quite a wide remit. It's good, quite, yeah. <laughs> I like that. So I do that for two days of the week. And then for the further three days of the week, then I'm currently on secondment as the IT and enterprise sector champion for Wales. So wow. the role there then is basically I go around all the FE colleges and all the universities in Wales and I talent spot and I find young, talented individuals and nurture them, get some training sorted for them and then enter them into skills competitions in Wales, leading through to world skills. Wow. I just had a young man come back from Kazan wow. with cyber. What was that? Cyber security. Right, okay. So they demoed it last year and they fast-tracked it over a period of nine months. And then I managed to get him to do some training with the Sands Institute in Berlin. And then cyber the Cyber Wales Cluster Group is a phenomenal group of people, all volunteer, all across Wales. And he's had the most amazing journey of his life. And he actually was part of Team UK along with a Scottish competitor. It was a paired competition and um, they did extremely well he's on a world-class stage so what you were saying something about a mars project you're working on yes so so we're working on a mars project with um a school in cardiff um fitz school in cardiff uh, cardiff university um and we are working on a series of resources, computing resources, which will fit in with the science behind Mars. So I was in awe last week when I was in Cardiff listening to one of the the senior professors in everything there is to know about Mars. So in 30 years' time, Ian, we're going to be living on Mars, we're going to be visiting Mars, and we've just got to look at different ways um, and projects to engage. So we may be using some Raspberry Pis, um, some sensors, so they can actually look at the climate and um, when water's falling, but these are exciting, these are early days, exciting times. before Tesla blows it all up. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, But they want to work with us, so we're really excited to be doing that. So that's why Scott is not here today. Otherwise, he'd have this microphone in his face as well. Yeah. Um, He's gone up to Cardiff today because I wasn't able to with him. So you're lucky you've got us today. Oh, yeah, I'm very lucky. 
Well, I'll give my regards to Dr. Scott. I will. Know, um, yeah, he's in space at the moment. I love this little lab. So this is an automation lab. It looks very futuristic. <laughs> it is. Carl, you're going to explain to Ian now. Carl has actually built all of this workspace. We do a bit of everything. You know, we, um, <laughs> we adapt ourselves to, if it's not there, we build it. You know, that's our uh, idea. That's yeah. why you always need an engineer in your life. If you can dream it, they can build it. So this centre here we built around uh, a production facility, sort of replicating what's out there in the, uh, in the big world. These are what we call programmable logic controllers. PLCs. These are the things that will control industry. They're like an industrial computer. When you see a robot moving or something moving to pick something up, a machine operating, these are the controls, very much like your PC in your house. So the students now will program these individually. They can work on their local modules in front of them, such as traffic light systems, solenoid systems, touchscreens. But then when they sort of go up the levels, we can put them onto the production facilities and they can program them. So they're all little unique bits, but it actually functions as a full production facility. Sort it looks of. so impressive in here. I, love all the, I can see all the robotics. You've got some like 3D printers and stuff like that going on. We've got here. 3D printers. We've got robotic, industrial robotic systems, uh, commercial robotic systems, um, transfer machines like you would see in, you know, an engine, your Ford engine plant or Sony, somewhere like I that. I love this. You know, we're building a, a CNC, 3D a sort of CNC machines. Anything you can think of, we tend to build. We always like to move on and, you know, develop things, you know, for the good of the students. You know, yeah, we're always looking to move forward and um, never stand still. Everything's evolving so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, Britain, Wales and Britain, you know, we've got to push to get us up to the leaders in the technology sector because we, we're not there, but we can be there. And that's what we try in with the likes of the colleges, with the, you know, mixing with the universities, is generating and developing these young people to get these skills. And then yeah. I like the pragmatism. We're in, we're in this sort of mindset of doing that. If it's not there now, what do we need? This is Den01. We've got two Kubos in the corner there. They're, they're our chatbots. So that's says, what a chatbot looks like. Well, that's what our chatbot looks like. He's quite cool. <laughs> he's, he's actually modelled on one of our engineering colleagues called Ian, who wears glass, round glasses just like that. Um, but Scott is working with Emotion Robotics on a research project around creating a chatbot which responds to all us learners' needs. Emotional responses. Emotion Robotics. I love this idea. I think we'll see more and more robotics projects in classrooms now um, from a STEM point of view. Get it into every curriculum, yeah? Well, yeah, because traditionally they look at engineering or IT, but it's not about that. No. It's getting them everywhere and how they can help the students within those curricula. People just look at a robot or something and goes, yeah, that's engineering, but it's not. You know, they can be utilised everywhere. Just need to be a bit creative. That's one of the reasons why we're sort of prototyping, we're sort of playing with Buddy, because we want to deliberately engage Buddy into the kind of curriculum areas that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily see him appear. Mm. So your childcare students who have a passion to work with young people and perhaps want to work in a nursery or in in a school, teaching them how to code may not be on their curriculum area, but once you show them how Buddy works and the coding behind him isn't as difficult as you once thought, perhaps in school, it's introducing them to some STEM projects in a a different way, really. 
in our lockup there is where we've got all the VR kit. We've got, we're doing some projects around drones as well, taking a drone perhaps down to sport to measure players and how they perform on the pitch. We're constantly researching all some new tech and, and people now come and see us and tell us about their new tech, um, particularly this morning when we saw Eva, wasn't it, Carl? Yeah, we had an industrial uh, robot. You know, it's been out a few years, not much, but it's a brand new one out um, along the lines of a collaborative stroke industrial robot which would be ideal for sort of education as well as industry so what does that do a collaborative robot traditionally you have to put these robots in cells for safety well collaborative robots allow you to work in collaboration with humans so therefore now you can be up next to a robot and if it was to touch you it would stop so you don't have to have the big steel cages around it you can work like we are now side by side not a problem again it's introducing them to students you know, so when they go out in the real world, they can actually, you know, they've seen these things. That's yeah, don't perfect. have robot fear, if um, that's a thing. No, a lot of people, no, there is, there is. a lot of people do have yeah, the fear yeah. of robots. And that's why our humanoid robots that you've seen, that's why we try to get you know, them to see that. Because personality. They see them and then, oh, wow. But we, we do a lot of work, Carl and I, we do a robotics roadshow and we go to, um, we've been to quite a lot of local schools we as well. We've been to a lot. And <laughs> it's, it's almost the reception we get when we go to um, a school and we have the entire school there in the hall, I, I think we're quite like pop stars, really. I'd put it on th- that sort th- of scale. I think you have caught it as being like a rock star going in there and you yeah. get mobbed by them. We're not quite one direction. We could be all the wrong direction. We probably are the wrong yeah, direction. But, yeah. you know, and they love them. And we've had from, I think, one school we went to, it was something like the second week in school. It's a full range and... The kids really engage with these, you know, and even some who have been a little bit frightened. By the end, they're fully engaged working with us and, and they love it. If these are the new rock stars, then what's the band called? Do you know, we'll have to work on that one. Yeah, we'll have to work on our band name. We'll have to work on our band We'll name. work on that yeah. one. So, um, um, but. but, you know, just, just to finally say that having spaces like this and lots of FE colleges across Wales are realising that we need new digital spaces to respond to one, the needs of our learners, secondly, to local industry. But fundamentally, they're going to be dreaming up the jobs of the future, really. We have to evolve. We have to earlier. evolve, yeah. If we don't where's education going if we don't evolve and so as passionate educators we believe in zero one we believe that we'll switch new things on and we'll engage a completely new type of learner well i i totally believe in everything <laughs> you're saying it's i, I love all this I see, have you seen the jam board before that's our jam board oh, you, over there. You've got a jam board. Mm, I know. Nice, uh, I know. <laughs> Swanky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love the fact that you're you're giving these chatbots a personality as well. Absolutely. They, 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 they're all they'll all be named. They, they, you know, Buddy is Buddy in a box. He's going to be the Buddy in yeah, a box. Buddy in a box. Yeah. So yeah. it's a small STEM project in a box. But what we hope to do then is definitely engage first and foremost staff here at Bridgend College and learners, but open our doors up to the community to secondary schools. This kind of digital technology will support the changes that are happening in the curriculum. Yeah, So absolutely. we'll be able to support teachers and so on. So we're really excited. Yeah. This is agile education absolutely. in the making. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well done, Carl. You're oh, awesome. Thank you. Just for our listeners, I can concur that Carl is awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. It's been oh, really amazing. Okay. I, I literally cannot, I don't think I'll need to edit any of this down. It's just been a, <laughs> one brilliant interview. But uh, great. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I am absolutely delighted to have Tarol Law, co-founder and CEO. And Tarol, I know on your LinkedIn, you, you mentioned that 
a multitude of different versions of your name, spelling and probably pr- pronunciation have happened as well. So if I've added to that list, apologies. And Tom Kaysen, Kasson, co-founder and CPO at How Do I. So welcome both. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. So Tarol, I've got a bit about you here. So feel free to correct if uh, anything is incorrect but uh, in a previous life I spent over 10 years as a registered social worker supporting young people with special educational needs and their families. This developed my relationship building skills, ability to work to deadlines, understanding of human behavior and knowledge of the change process for individuals, groups and communities and I still love the social impact aspects of my work. In my spare time I love cooking, reading, swimming being outside in the sunshine, which is great for today, and making cocktails for my friends. So, All still true. Okay, great. Well, my first question is, what's your killer cocktail to make for your friends? Oh, that's a good question. It changes on a rotating basis. Right now, I like to keep it simple. I like to keep it classic. So right now I'm quite into the gimlet, but I make mean old-fashioned as well. The Gimlet, that reminds yeah. me of Gim- Gimlet Media and all of in the podcasting world. Well, this is definitely more about lime and gin. Yeah, it's it's very simple and very refreshing and very well, delicious. What we'll do is we'll include your top two cocktail recipes on our show notes for listeners. <laughs> so when, when they've listened to this, they'll they'll be uh, desperate to go and make one, I'm sure. And, and Tom, as, as he's sort of one of the other co-founders, could you explain to our listeners sort of in a nutshell what it is that you do at How Do I and, you know, what your mission is there as well? Yeah, so we want to make learning more accessible to people with additional needs. And the way that that works is through contactless technology that links video content to a location using NFC stickers. And initially, when we first met and began working on How Do I, uh, we were all linked to a special needs school in Camden in London. And that's how I actually came up with the original idea to use video to support people to live and begin to work as independently as possible. And yeah, it all kind of snowballed from us meeting through our work at the school. Your UFI funded project, so obviously part of the kind of UFI project family. Could you tell us a little bit about that or unless it's something that we've already covered? No, happy to tell you a bit more about that. Um, So it's related to what we've already covered. And some of the examples that we gave earlier are examples that came about during the project. But we were supported by the UFI, who are a fantastic organization, um, to develop our creator studio. So initially when we started out, um, we had an app that enabled the content to be played. So video content to be played back through the tap of a mobile device onto a contactless tag. But we still needed to develop a platform for people to create the video content on because obviously much as we would like to, we can't be filming everyone's content for them. And we wanted to be able to create a platform that was really easy for people to use, really engaging, really straightforward for a really wide range of people. So we actually had a little bit of support from Innovate UK to build an MVP of the platform. And what the UFI did was give us funding to take that MVP to a much better product. So yeah, just much a much better product than than the one we had with our MVP. Um, Because I think conceptually, 
the product that we started with was strong, but without the experience that we had through the UFI seed project, we wouldn't have been able to see where the where we made mistakes or what features we absolutely needed to include to make it usable and make it something that we could go on to sell to companies. So some of the work that we did through the Iceland accelerator with all uh, with Allmark that um, fed back into our UFI project as well. So we were then able to uh, we worked with them. We worked with a couple. Uh, in fact, I think we worked with about seven employers in total, either sort of between uh, more corporate uh, places like Iceland, as well as sort of inclusive employment programs, like through uh, Unity Works, also known as the Camden Society. And we took back all this feedback that they gave us, and we were then able to prioritize the next features that needed to be developed. So other pieces of work we did with the UFI were around uh, the more sort of commercial side of things. So getting testimonials from customers that are on our website, things like that for a startup, they're absolute gold. When you don't have a lot of customers yet, people really need to know that what you're selling them is going to be useful for them and that it's going to work, uh, that it's going to do what it says in the tin, that you can be trusted, that that you're reliable, and uh, that other people are using what you've made and it's making a difference for them. So, mm. yeah, that's a lot mm. of what we did with UFI. I mean, so... When people are sort of thinking contactless technologies and at sort of point of need information through those technologies, what's the benefit of Neil Field communication versus sort of like a QR code or how, you know, how do those two applications differ? Because I've seen sort of people start to use QR codes in that similar way of being able to print and stick them at different places. So, yeah, I just wondered, people are sort of assessing the two technologies, what they might want to think about. So for for us, because of our our background in the, the work that we did, accessibility and inclusion has always been really important. And when mm-hmm. we actually first started out, we were using first very first iteration of how do I was using QR codes. Oh right, I didn't but know that. Then we found in our testing with our users that actually opening up an app and then being able to be able to take a photo or, you know, scan that QR code was a a bit of a stumbling block for a lot of the users. So the way that our app works on Android is that you don't have to open up an app. You just need to be, make sure you're on your home screen. And Mm -hmm. then if you place your device onto the tag, it will launch automatically. On Apple, it's slightly different. And so you do have to launch the app, but we just find that that was quite a big barrier when we were doing our initial user testing for NFC versus QR codes. And then since we found a lot, uh, quite a few more benefits. So one of them being is that we can automatically change the content in whatever location the content will be in and it can auto refresh. So you can keep sending out new content. You don't have to print out a new mm-hmm. QR code or sticker and also the 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 fact that we're app based we can get a lot finer more granular analytics from the nfc versus the qr code as well so there's there's other things that are are beneficial sorry the other thing i might add too i think with contactless is that it's kind of transactional and it's exciting and it provides a bit of a wow moment that i don't think 
QR codes do. I don't think it's quite the same experience for users. And there's that kind of moment when people touch their device onto a tag and this video launches. And and that moment's always kind of a bit of a golden moment when someone's using it for the first time in days. And Tom, one of your clients, if I understand correctly, was the kind of frozen food retailer Iceland. Yeah, yeah. So so what did you guys collaborate on there? Um, So we did a kind of a three-month, it's called an accelerator program, where L Marks, who are a, a company, bring together corporate companies and startups to work together for a few months to see how innovation can work for corporate companies. And then obviously for, for companies like ourselves, it's really beneficial for us to be able to test what we've got in a live working environment. That went really well for us when we were doing some work, development work. And the idea was to utilize our technology to support the training and onboarding of new members of staff, but also be able to share updates, whether they're daily, weekly, across quite a dispersed workforce. So it was really good to see you know, how our technology can be used to benefit large organizations that are spread across multiple sites Mm. Um, so yeah it was a great great few months with working with Iceland and putting our our technology into the into the wild (laughs) gotta get it out there into the wild and what about the next kind of six months yeah so the next six months we've got a few different um, sort of focuses two primarily. One, we're working with the Alzheimer's Society, which Mm. is incredibly exciting. We're working with them on developing a bespoke version of our technology to support people who are living with dementia. So that's super exciting. And we're going to be working with them till the end of March next year. Very sort of similar cycle, taking a look at what we've got now and getting feedback from users to make improvements for that continuous uh, development cycle. And by the end of it, we'll have a product that will be a really good fit for people living with dementia. And when it comes to the vocational learning side of things, we've got a really sort of strong start, but now we are seeking some investments so that we'll be able to invest in more in more resources to help take that side of the business forward as well. Fantastic. And just finally, if people are kind of keen to get in contact or find out more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go about that? getting in touch on social media so at we are how do i and then our website is we are how do com. perfect well thank you both so much for your time today and tom i i hope you enjoy some table tennis today and uh Tarl, some cocktail making <laughs> thanks i'll forward you my top two recipes <laughs> i look forward to making them thank you very much great right. thank you sophie thanks sophie take care That's all for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening in and to UFI Voctech Trust for supporting this series. And make sure you come back next time to hear from the University of Lincoln, who are trying to work out how we tackle education in the 21st century. Note to self, it's all about permeability of education institutions. If you enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to rate and review wherever you listen. We'd love you forever. That's all for now. Thanks for subscribing and listening. Bye-bye.